Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Paul Ogando. Amen. Amen. So I want you to do two things. I want you to pull out your Bible. If you're watching from home, get ready. There's actually, if you're on our site on live on rockchurch.com, you can also, there's a tab for the Bible. If you want to do that, you can do that right there. We're going to go to two places, the book of Luke and also John. We're going to look a few verses, but that's our main, the bulk of what we're going to be doing um, today. So I want you to just get your Bibles ready, get your apps ready, whatever you're doing. But, um, you know, I was talking about um, just being grounded, just being grounded. It was a a topic that's been in my heart and in my mind for a while. I'm talking about being on solid ground in shaky times. And we know that times may feel shaky in a lot of ways and things are unstable. A lot of people didn't know what was going to happen today. And so all these things politically in our nation and economically, and this is going to happen, this is going to come. And there's a lot of theories online and all kinds of stuff. And I just realized, man, if I feel like things are insecure, I can't even imagine what's happening in our souls in many ways. But the reality is we all need some solid solid ground in our life and are able to move. That, that's just a reality because otherwise people feel like, hey, I don't know what's going on. And I know that you do it because I do it. When we feel a little bit shaky, when we feel like we're looking for something solid to hold on to. Are you with me? We always, just, just, that's just our nature. That's just a natural way we do things. I was reading an article actually with something, this is like a modern thing happening, actually called grounding. Um, and this is a um, this is a process that therapists and psychologists recommend to people who are under attack of anxiety and different things. And the idea of grinding is that you do something to bring you to the moment. I was fascinated by this article. They'll, you know, breathe deep, think about the moment. But one of the things they do, they make you take your shoes off and stand on solid ground or touch like the grass and make your way feel in reality. Now think about that. I want you, these are things that I grew up not hearing about, n- none of that stuff. As a matter of fact, you were not allowed to go barefooted outside, you'll get parasites. I'm from Latin America, just in case, but I just want to make sure. Um, and so, you, you know, you always have to wear shoes. Um, and it's just different. But today they're doing certain things to bring people back into the moment. I want to talk about it because it is so important that we return back to the reality and the moment that God wants for us. That even though things are uneven on on shaky ground, that does not mean that we have to stand on the ground that is shaking. Let me repeat that. Just because things are shaking doesn't mean that we have to stand on the things that are shaking. We can stand on solid things in our day and age. I think a lot of people, many times we tend to choose the side that is insecure, the side that is absolutely not on the solid basis when God is offering us a way to be in in a solid ground. And I want to talk about a man in the Bible named John. And John um, is a cousin of Jesus. Um, He's an amazing man of God, also called John the Baptist. And um, John was incredible because John came at a time that things seem very shaking at the moment. And we're going to read about it today and see how John became a grounded person to introduce the ministry of Jesus, which we do on a daily basis. Because as Christians, we are reflecting Jesus. We are reflecting the ministry of Jesus to our children, to our co-workers, to our family, and everything we do. And so today I want us to look at it because you and I can learn profoundly about what John did. And I want you to go to two places. Let's go to the book of uh, Luke chapter 3. And also John chapter 1, and we're going to focus there this moment in this way. So let's start there. Luke chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. I'm going to read a lot more than normal that I read. Um, it's a little bit more, but I'm just going to read. I, want to, 
I couldn't explain them as well as the Bible already tells it. Are you with me? Um, this is kind of, I don't want to be the version of the movie, the, the book you liked. Let's go ahead and read the book together. Um, so Luke chapter 3 says, Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Tiberius Caesar was actually the second Caesar of the, the empire of Rome. He was Caesar number two. They had many. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, the guy who was around for Jesus, <clears throat> Herod being the Tetrarch of Galilee, one of the Herods, all these. So Luke is putting us in a historical frame of mind. And he says, his brother Philip the Tetrarch of um, that town, um, <laughs> of the region of Trichonitis. Wow, this is, let's say, San Bernardino, Colton, and Fontana. There you go. Um, and Lysidius and Tetrarch the Abilene. So this is, this is what Luke is doing. I love reading the book of Luke because he's one of the most detailed writers of the Word of God. Um, he wrote also the book of Acts. And so he is giving us a frame of mind. Here's what he's saying. Something historically is happening right now. He's saying the Roman Empire has taken over a great portion of the world and Caesar is governing. And within our region, there's a guy named Pontius Pilate who eventually sends Jesus to the cross. So he's giving us this whole frame of mind saying, I want you to understand what's happening historically so that you know that things are shaky. And a lot of times we assume that we are the only ones that have lived in difficult times. But the gospel came at a time that was very, very difficult. Yet in the book of Galatians says that Jesus came at the right time born of a virgin. He did not come a day late. He came right on time. And so when we feel like things are not happening the way we think, he's going to come right on time. He's going to show up. And so there's an assignment on the life of John that is happening at a time where things are uncertain. And look what it says. While Annas and Caiaphas, which are the two high priests that actually hated Jesus the most, these guys were terrible. While they were the high priests, it says, The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So God still speaks when things are difficult, my friend. The word of God came to John at the moment that was important. At the moment that things were happening. And I loved it because... We already knew John had a call in his life, but I believe, because it also is in the book of Mark, it says that he heard the word of God. I believe that this is when John's ministry is awakened in his soul. This is what I believe. Because from reading and studying right now, John was already a man given to what God wanted. He was already on the wilderness and people found him. But it says the word of God came to him. Something was awakened in his heart. I don't know about you, but we need to awaken the word of God that has come to us in order to, li to live and serve God in this moment in time. And, and if it's dormant, come on, give God a praise. You're going to give it to him. If it's dormant, my friend, you have got to awaken. Just like John, something arose in him, and we're going to see what happened. So as it came to him, verse 3, verse 3, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. So he's preaching, but we're going to see what happens. Verse 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice This is Isaiah 40, by the way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his, his path straight. Everybody, every valley, sorry, shall be filled. Every mountain and every hill brought low and crooked places shall be made straight and the rough way smooth. So he's saying everything that looks one way will be turned in a different way. 
Everything all looks one way. I need you to understand because Pastor Nan prayed something. He never prays that way. But today he prayed, and I took it seriously. He said, let it be prophetic. And I believe that what it was said to John is something that's being said to us this day. That everything you see today in one way, because of Jesus, it could be turned in a different way in the way God wants it. And unless we awaken the word of God in our souls, we're going to keep seeing life the same way in every direction and not understand that God is up to something. We just prayed it and sang it today. God can turn around. As a matter of fact, Pastor said he is turning it around. And we have to believe these things and awaken these things in our soul. If not, my friend, we will stay on shaky ground. We would allow the news, we would allow the reports, we would allow all these things to guide our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions. We would, this is what happens. And so when we give ourselves to it, believe me, I'm fighting it just like you. My wife and I talked about it. Oh my gosh, this is happening and so and so. And we should just have to keep going. We're going to go to Jesus. She keeps texting me the last few days. Just keep praising him. I'm just going to win by praising. Just praise God. I mean, she keeps going and encouraging me that way. And that's what we have to do. We have to remind ourselves because John is saying something. Look, verse 6 says, And all flesh, say all flesh, type it all flesh, shall see the salvation of God. All flesh. All flesh. This is for everybody. John's message had three things. Three things that God showed me, and I want us to look at it today. John was focused, he was hopeful, and he was faithful. John was focused, he was hopeful, and he was faithful. And if you can do those three things in today's world, when things are shaky, God is going to manifest himself into your life in an amazing way. So when things are shaky, you got to do something. You have to remain focused. You have to remain focused. One of the things that happens when things get shaky or emergency, we tend to just figure out and go crazy. This is so amazing. If there are trained first responders here, they would agree with what I'm about to tell you. One of the things first responders tend to do is take your eyes or your attraction away from the thing that is wrong. Are you with me? If you break a leg, I remember when I was young, I broke uh, my arm. And uh, when I got up, my hand was folded in half. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What? I felt all dizzy. And I remember a friend of mine came and said, don't look at your arm and threw a towel on it and refocus on something else. And I was fine. I, it actually didn't even hurt because I wasn't focusing on it until the doctor decided to straighten it. Then it got a little painful. Um, but before that, it was, I was fine. Uh, and so it was very interesting. It took my focus away from the thing that's just burning up and blowing up. We have to find something to ground us. If you remain focused, you can get out of just about any situation in life. And what we find all the times when we talk to people in ministry, or when we talk to people in spiritual guidance, this is people are all over the place. Their focus is everywhere. You have to go back and refocus yourself in the thing that moves you forward. And people lose more because they're trying to patch all the holes before they close the water. Are you with me? So it's going to keep leaking. Then you can patch it. you got to focus on the main thing. And John did that. He's so amazing. John chapter 1, this is now the disciple of Jesus, not John the Baptist, who writes the book of John. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is kind of the same episode introducing John to us. It says that this was John. We're starting on verse 19 of New Living Translation. This was John's testimony. When the Jewish leader sent priests... Uh, sent priests to, to the temple assistant on Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? So they sent these guys um, to ask John who he is. Verse 20, I love this exchange. He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. 
So they sent, John said, hey, find out who this guy is. And John says, I'm not the Messiah. Now, let me tell you, he could have, because they didn't know any better, he could have said, I am. You know those benefits that he would have gotten? People would have worshipped him. They would have given him a place. They would have treated him so amazing because they were all waiting for the Messiah. John said, let's get it clear. I'm not the Messiah. That wasn't enough for these guys. Look at this. Verse 21. Well, then who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? No. He replied, are you a prophet we're expecting? No. Then who are you? I mean, these guys are insistent in finding out. We need an answer for those who sent us. The guy's like, I can't go back to my boss and tell him I don't know who you are. What do you have to say about yourself? Now, look, listen to this. John replied with the verses that we read in the beginning. I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Let me tell you something. John was a focused man. You know what it was? John knew he had a calling of God on his life, but he also knew he was not Jesus. And I think a lot of people know there's a calling of God in their life, but they're acting like Jesus. And we have to differentiate the two. We have to start trusting God and refocusing the things he's asking us to do in a particular situation. And I am telling you that in, in today's day where people are looking for solid things, they're looking to people to steady them. And I'm telling you, you have to go to Jesus to steady you and you have to focus in what he's placed in your life. That's it. That's it. Because if we don't, then this is what we do. We start grasping, grasping, grasping. And I get this and I get that. And we don't stay focused. And I hear this guy and this guy said this and so and so. And we're going to get chipped in the head and they're going to count us and we're going to have to buy. Like, like, hey, man, focus. What is the word saying? What is God saying to you? What is he asking you to do with your family? How are you supposed to navigate the situation? Are you with me today? I'm not saying those people, uh, they're ministers of God. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is we listen to a plethora of things, yet we don't know what's applicable to us. What is the one thing God is asking me to do? John said, listen, man, I know you're trying to figure out who I am. I'm not the Messiah, but I'm going to tell you who I am. I believe I am the incarnation of Isaiah 40, basic is what he says. I am a voice crying out and setting the way for Jesus to come. And that's who you are. You are a voice in people's life, re-bringing them back. You are a first responder in a spiritual situation today. Not just us, you are. You are because your friend at work doesn't have our number at church, but he has you. He has you. And you can go, you know what, my friend? Let me pray for you. Let's pray together. You know what the word of God says is, I believe this for your life. All of a sudden, you're helping somebody get grounded in their way and in their life. And we all need that today. We need to go back to that position Here's a question you got to ask yourself. You need to predetermine in your life what you need to focus on. Predetermine in your life what you need to focus on. Because if you don't predetermine that, you're going to be all over the place. You're going to, somebody's going to speak into your life. Somebody's going to give you what to focus on. If you don't decide for yourself, somebody's going to hand you what you have to do for your life. And this is so crucial. Otherwise, we're going to be all over the place. And I know everybody's different. I remember um, just fin finishing high school. I knew I wanted to do something in the mission field. I wanted to work. But I remember that I had seen somebody um, in the dental world and doing some things. And so I went into dentistry. But I, had, I was so out of focus in what I wanted because I wanted to serve God full time. And I needed to bring when I was unsteady. I was young. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to play music. I, wanna, I was all over the place. I needed to go back and refocus in what God wanted for me. Here's a question. 
predetermined what you need to focus on. Otherwise, everything in life is going to pull your way. A business, a this, a that, the money go here. This is what happened. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 2 and 3. And then we live in translation. See, people may be pure in their own eyes. Don't raise your hand if you feel pure in your own eyes. But we've all done it at some point. Your opinion is the opinion of the moment. But the Lord examines their motives. I love that. I have to check my motives all the time. God, what are my motives? Why am I saying what I'm saying? Why am I thinking what I'm thinking? But it doesn't stay there. I love the next verse three. Look at this. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit them. This is 2021. And, and, and on Sunday, Pastor is going to bring us a vision to look forward to this year. If you just take that and you say, Lord, I'm bringing it to you. I want to focus this. I want to do this in my own life. Something breaks. Something breaks because you know your focus. You know you're not all over the place. John said, I am going to focus myself. Instead of being all over the place, I'm inviting you to predetermine what are you giving your emotions and your energies to? What are we escaping in order not to do this? God is inviting us to be focused. Here's the second thing that John did that I love it, that I love it. He remained hopeful. He remained hopeful. You have to remain hopeful in times like this. Unless you encourage yourself to hope, it's going to be very difficult because you know why? Because hope doesn't sell advertising. Sex and fear do, but hope doesn't. So if you're looking to the TV to find something that's going to somehow encourage you to some galactic area, you ain't going to find it. Because those commercials don't sell. We have to go back to Jesus. We have to go back to the word. We have to go back to what he's saying about our situation, our life, and our moment. We have to go back there in every area of our life. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because if we don't encourage ourselves in the Lord, we're going to just allow the thought, the idea, the feeling to remain longer than it has to remain. So you have to remain hopeful. You have to know something is going to break. Something's going to come your way. And John did this so well. He knew what was happening in his life. And this is so amazing. Right there, John 1. Right there. Let's keep reading. Go down to verse 29. Verse 29. John has a different vision of Jesus. But let me give you a frame of mind. Jesus and John were cousins, were related in some way through Elizabeth and Mary, as you know the story of Jesus. So John probably, let's assume they've seen each other throughout their lifetime growing up. Let's just assume that. They're probably at a distance. It's not as easy as today. They've seen each other. And if you're like many cousins, you spend some holidays together. You've done some things together. You've known each other throughout of a lifetime but something amazing happens in this particular verse that blew me away because I've never read it in this light. Let's read it together. Verse 29 says, the next day, so John is preaching on the wilderness by the Jordan where he's baptizing people. So the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, look, he says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I was like, Wait a minute, why is he making such a big deal? And then you read it and look what happens. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Verse 31, and I did not recognize him as the Messiah. John says, this dude, my cousin, he was just a guy I knew. 
But today my eyes have been awakened to who he actually is. To who he actually is and what he's actually doing. And it's so fascinating. It says, but I have been baptized in water that he might be revealed to Israel. So he said, I've been doing this for him to be revealed. But today I have a different vision. I want to ask you this question. What is the one thing you've been looking at this whole time, but you need a different perspective? What is the one thing you've been staring this whole time, but you need a different view of the situation? Because if you don't, then you might miss it, just like John said. I was having an issue with some things, and I had a conversation with a friend. Yes, I called my, hey, hey, can you give me a perspective on this? And so I said, here's the situation. And I remember all of a sudden this, this friend of mine, he just said, hey, here's what I'm seeing. What do you think, man? And he described the situation perfectly to a T. And it helped me get off of the ledge of where I was in my thoughts and in my ideas because he gave me a different perspective. Many of us just need a different perspective, just need a different way to see a situation. We say, God, thank you so much. I see it. There's so much hopefulness coming upon me because I see it in a different light. Are you with me today? And so it's so important that you do that, that you shift your eyes and you get a perspective from the Lord as to what he actually sees in a particular situation. Because otherwise we will stay there frustrated in the hole, not know what to do. You have to become hopeful. And John became hopeful when he realized, now I know who the Messiah is. Now I know who I'm working for. Now I know who I've been struggling for. Now I know why I remain focused. Now I know, I see it. He's the one. Salvation is here in the moment. What an amazing thing to remain hopeful until you see the manifestation of what God called you for. I repeat that. To remain hopeful until you see the manifestation of what God called you for. And that's what John did. John stayed in it, in it, in it. And when he saw it, he said, wait, 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 wait. That's the thing I've been doing this whole time. He's the one. He's the one. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 in the ESV says this. The steadfast love, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. If you feel frustrated, God's love is consistent. Consistent. Never wavers. His mercies never come to an end. Maybe you blew it in 2020. As a matter of fact, I was praying at the end of the year. I always do my self-evaluation saying, Lord, I didn't do 2020 good. I, I, I just didn't. Some things I did good, but some things in my personal life, emotional life, I just kind of put it aside, tucked it away. And the Lord was just reminding me, mercies are new every morning, man. Mercies never end. I haven't stopped loving you. I'm going to continue to work in you. We're going to move forward in many of these areas. And I think a lot of people feel that way. I have one of my sons is getting ready to graduate and probably going to college. And I, you know, I'm freaking out. I was like, man, I didn't spend as much time as I want to with him. I didn't invest. So, so I'm like trying to squeeze six months of my life, you know, doing all these things. And God just saying, don't worry about it. Just put it in my hands. I'm doing something. And it's so important for us to refresh ourselves that where we're just out of focus and out of balance, we have to remain hopeful that God is at work. Otherwise, we just kind of throw in the towel and just let life take course. And I feel a lot of people have done that, just kind of like, whatever. Don't whatever it. Remain hopeful because there's mercy, there's love. He continues. Look at this. Verse 23. They are new every so often. How, when, when are they new? Every, tomorrow they're going to be new again. If you burn the Lord today, Lord, I've asked you mercy so much today. They'll be new tomorrow. There'll be a new pile of mercy in the morning when you wake up. And we need that. We need that. 
Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. And man, we have to remind ourselves to that verse. We have to remind ourselves that he is doing something on our behalf. You have to remain hopeful. Here's the third thing for tonight that I want you to do. Stay faithful. Not only focused, not only hopeful, but you have to stay faithful. Let me tell you one thing we've all seen as pastors and maybe as friends is that in 2020, through the political pressure, racial injustices, all things that happen, a lot of people who you thought were faithful to either you or the different things you were doing, all of a sudden that's been fray or destroyed. Let's be real. You don't have to amen. Don't worry about it. That's a reality, my friend. But I want to encourage you with something. Can you stay faithful with God? Can you remain there in the grind? Can you remain walking with Jesus? Can you remain being the faithful one? Can you remain being the one walking in the process? I don't know what broke. Maybe your business, maybe your relationship. Maybe you thought things are going to be here and we're going to grow old. Now they're not. But I want to tell you something. John did something that was so profound. He remained faithful. He stayed faithful to the process even though things weren't going his way. And this is what happened in the book of Luke chapter 7. As you fast forward, let's go back to Luke. As you fast forward in his life, uh, John had, that man was such a prophet, and he has said something, some things about Herod, because Herod, if, I, if, I, if you read it correctly, Herod had taken his brother's wife, and now she has, because he's powerful, and he's saying, man, you're a sinful man, and he's speaking truth to power. And so he hates him. Herod hates him and puts him in jail. Said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this guy in jail. And then it, his daughter is having a birthday, a wife and daughter is having a birthday, or he's sorry, he's having a party and says, hey, whatever. She makes a dance and said, I'm going to give you whatever you want. She says, go to her mom. Mom says, hey, tell him to kill John. And so he has to do it. So this guy is in jail about to be beheaded. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you've ever been in that situation where you were faithful to what God told you and things aren't working out. I have a ton of those that feel that way. It never ends that way, but it feels that way in the moment because our perspective is a little earthly, not eternal. And we have to flip the focus to an eternal thing. And this is what John is going to teach us today, that whatever is happening today, presidents come, presidents go, economy goes up, economy goes down, things go up, things go down. The reality is what Pastor Dan came up and says, that Jesus remains the same. And that we believe in an eternal kingdom and not in a temporary kingdom. We believe in a kingdom that is not up for vote, but it is continual because that's how he designed it. And I think as Christians, we get so involved in what happens here that we forget to go, oh, wait, you got something going on still up there for us in every way of our lives. And I'm inviting you to shift your eyes, shift your eyes. And faithfulness is one of the premier uh, desires, premier things that the kingdom of God, premier things that the kingdom of God is looking for. Chapter 7, verse 20, look at this. It says, when the man had come to him, so, so John calls his disciples, he's in jail, calls his disciples, disciples are visiting him and says, hey, I want you to go to Jesus, and I want you to ask Jesus the following question. Are you the one or are we waiting for someone else? Here's what John is saying. Hey, they're about to cut my head off. I want to know if you were worth it. Flat out. I'm just translating it for you. And, and let me tell you, my friends, when the end of life decision comes, things become a lot clearer. And for John, they were getting clear. Like, hey, man, I was out in the desert. I didn't have a home. I lived like a crazy man. I was faithful. I didn't bend the truth. I preached repentance. Please tell me it was worth it. 
please tell me it was worth it. So these disciples go back to Jesus and say, hey, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? In that very hour, can you say that very hour? Very hour. Type it in the comments. Very hour. So in that moment, in that moment, sometimes when you need an answer from the Lord, it might take some time, but sometimes it says here in the moment so that you know that what you're going to go through was worth going through. It says in that very hour, he cured many infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. So Jesus went, man, did a miracle crusade right in front of John's disciples. Then In a quiet moment, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, that the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse 23, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed means... Desire worthy to be honor of envy. I mean, you are just absolutely just an amazing thing. It's blessing is a great thing. It says, blessed are those. You're receiving something amazing. He who is not offended because of me. Let me put it in context. God is saying, don't get mad when you don't like what I do. Don't get mad when you don't like what I do. And a lot of people get offended with God because they didn't like the way God dealt with their situation. And all God is saying is, I need you to remain faithful. I need you to remain faithful. My friends, faithfulness, it is absolutely a pivotal and important quality in the kingdom of God. And I think we focus too much in today's society, in society of mainstream, in society of, uh, you know, being uh, TikTok and being famous and, you know, moving your brand. We have focused so much on the glitz and the glamour and not the grind. And I'm going to tell you something. The kingdom of God, it's about the grind. It's about being there, staying faithful, walking through it and getting it done. And I'm going to prove it to you tonight. So John, Jesus says, go tell John, man, you've seen amazing things. But let him not get offended because of what I'm doing. He's blessed. (sighs) Look what happens. Verse 27. Then Jesus goes on and tells the crowd. The disciples go to talk to John. Jesus addresses the crowd and says, This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who would prepare your way before Jesus is acknowledging. John is the guy that God chose to open the door for me to go into ministry. This is the son of God saying, God chose that guy so that I may be introduced to do something. And I have a feeling. was born of a woman. There's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Boy, that sounds offensive. Like this guy, you already told him, hey, man, don't get offended. And then you even demote him even harder. There's nobody greater than John. But even the little guys in the kingdom are greater than John. That's not what he was only saying. He's saying that we come into the kingdom and we have an equal opportunity to do great things for God. We have an equal opportunity to do great things for God. And I'll end with this verse, Matthew 25. In the end times, when Jesus and you are standing in the judgment seat of Christ, he says some people are going to come and flash 
their TikTok and say, look what I did for you, Jesus. Look all the people I heal. Look all the crusades I did. But because you didn't do it in love and Jesus, he's going to say, I never knew you. And then he says, but there'll be some who are going to say, God, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember putting that on social media. I don't remember gloating about any of this stuff. And he said, because you've done for one of the least, now you're great. And here's what he says. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faith, faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The one thing God is looking for is for faithful people to remain focused and remain hopeful in what he's doing. That's all he's asking of you. He's not asking you to be some great star. He's not asking you to blow anybody out of the water. He's not asking you to do some amazing things and be accountable. All he's asking you to do is don't walk away from this walk. Don't let the shaky times remove you from the solid ground of the word of God. Don't let the shaky time push you away from what the Lord is doing in your life. I'll end with this. And uh, I've shared this many times, but it just came to mind so you understand that a lot of these things we have to live it also as pastors. Um, when the whole housing crisis came in 2008, um, my wife and I lost um, house in the process. And I remember my own frustration because I was just, you know, working with the Lord. Hey, what's going on, God? I know you gave us this house and we took every step to do it right. But, you know, we didn't understand how to do the process correctly. Somebody advised us wrong. It was a big old mess. We ended up losing the house. And so um, I told the story that we actually rented the house across the street from us. And so it looked like we were stealing from one house and filling another when we were moving because uh, we were just carrying things to us. So Tracy and I, to my myself, hey, get focused, get focused. This is just a step. This is just a reality. You hit a bump in the process of the earth. Are you with me? In broken flesh and in fallen nature. That's where you're at. And in broken flesh, things are going to happen. Diagnoses are going to come your way. Things are going to come your way that are going to make you trip. But you have to go back to be focused. And I remember, man, in our ways. And it took another five years before we had the money and the means to be able to get into a house in kind of the same neighborhood we live. And it was a blessing of the Lord for our lives. But you know what we also did? We remained faithful. We didn't stop tithing. We didn't stop giving. We didn't fold our hand. We didn't stop moving forward in the things of God. We didn't stop going to missions. We continue to do what God asked us to do. And I am asking you to do the same. That when you hit a bump on the road, don't get off the boat and say, you know what, forget, I'm done with this thing. No, 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 no. You have to remain faithful. You have to remain hopeful. You have to remain focused. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on what God wants to bring in your life. Because God is doing amazing things. God is doing amazing things. Pastor, and I want to affirm what you were saying. I had a friend who texted me right before service. Last two years ago, 2019, end of 2019, I went to Africa with him. And coming back 2019 and 2020, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he just texted me today say, hey, my friend, thank you for praying with me throughout this whole year. I just got my final test and my markers for cancer that are normal from 0.4 to 4 are 1.1. He said, let me tell you, January of 2020, there were 13.5. And today I'm cancer-free and in remission. God is up to something. I was just so excited for him. So excited for him. Because when you remain focused, when you remain hopeful and faithful, he's going to do something on your yeah. behalf. Yeah. Can we pray right now? Just right there. Just close our eyes. Just as saying, God, where have I missed? Things got shaky in my life. Where did I miss it, Lord? R bring me back to that moment. Start talking to the Lord. 
Maybe if you dwindle in your hopefulness, say, Lord, help me to get back to that. Maybe your focus is all over the place and you're like, man, I'm thinking this, that, I'm calling this, I'm doing this, missing transaction. What does God want you to do? Maybe you were one of those. Maybe from your house, if you're watching us online, maybe you're one of those that said, man, pastor, I was ready to quit because I didn't believe this thing was going to happen. And I, God is asking you today to be faithful, to be faithful. Just like John the Baptist, he ended up giving his entire life to Jesus and walking with him because he was a faithful man. And the word of God records, no greater man have been born other than John because of what he did. So that's all God is asking you today. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Father God, I pray for everyone hearing your voice today. Lord, if we've been out of focus, refocus. If we have been in despair, may we go back to hopefulness in you. And Lord, if we have not been faithful in the little, may we go back to doing the little things that are faithful because they account for a lot in the kingdom of God. I just pray for every person, the sound of my voice, that you would encourage them this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.